For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on BFF.fm or subscribe to the podcast at ForTheRecordPodcast.com. This week we're talking about the second album from Speedy Ortiz, who are from back east in Massachusetts. The album is called Foil Deer, and the first single, which is called Raising the Skate, starts like this. track is actually a short and actually mostly instrumental uh, track that I would describe as more of an overture but this second song I think acts as a statement of purpose for the album and it has this fist pumping cockiness in these choruses which are really catchy and it's I'm not bossy I'm the boss and I think they're convincingly laying claim to that they are pretty boss here and this is I I think it's aggressive but it is sweet in its way and there's this jangliness and this vibrato in her voice. And I think it's just really accessible and yet still has a lot going on sonically. I agree that the song kind of sets the tone for the album. There's kind of a menacing quality to it. And there's a lot of imagery of wielding blades and shooting bullets. And in fact, that first track we didn't play is called Good Neck. And there's sort of an implied sneaking up behind someone and slitting their throat. And I think that part of that is a reaction to the reception they got with their first album, Major Arcana, where they were sort of dismissed as 90s throwbacks. And so the song not only has it's it's it has to be an intentional reference sonically to Cannonball by the Breeders. But it's sort of taking that and saying, yes, this is our sound, but we're doing something worthwhile with it. And we demand to be taken seriously. Yeah, I think they're this song and that song do exist in the same sonic universe i'm not sure i hear the direct reference okay well i'm gonna play a little bit of cannonball here <laughs> and then compare that to the chorus of raising the skate years on i just think that those sounds are in the musical lexicon and are kind of fair game and i think that on this track and on the rest of the album the band is really happy to lay claim to a number of musical influences with a broad range of sounds well i'm not criticizing them for it i'm just saying i think that's an intentional reference okay 
I'm not going to disagree. I, I didn't quite hear it, but maybe I'm not sufficiently attuned. But I think that, yeah, they do show a broad range, and I think they get right started on this next track, The Graduates. We were the law school rejects, so we quarreled at the bar instead. Shot out in four words or less. You want a jail, you want a mess, you have the right to drink less. Then we were floating on a balcony, and I fell into a trampoline. I never should have looked for a hand from favorite track on the album it goes in a bunch of different directions directions that are kind of unexpected but it's still really catchy and I think that it also highlights one of the issues that I had with the whole record which is that the lyrics feel like they're trying a little bit too hard in a lot of places and I'm assuming it has to do with the fact that Sadie Dupuis who's the front woman got her MFA in poetry relatively recently and so I think she's trying to be a little bit too clever and in some places it works. And in this song in particular, I love the reference to the push me, pull you from Dr. Doolittle, which you didn't know what it was. And I had to show you a picture. So if you don't know, you should Google it because it's awesome. But the, also the chorus about being best at being second place just captures a lot of feeling that I remember from being younger where it would have been like uncool to be seen as trying too hard and trying to get into first place. But at the same time, at the end of the song, she's kind of realizing that being the runner up isn't all that satisfying. Yeah. You know, I think for me, in, in isolation, I think Raising the Skate is the better song. It's sort of t- more, t- more tightly constructed. I think this track is far more ambitious and maybe not always successful, but it's just that these choruses, each time is almost completely different lyrics. Harmonically, it just explores so much territory. It keeps moving. And then in that bridge, the key just keeps changing and changing, and it's just... I think really disorienting and I feel kind of unmoored and I think that suits this subject matter of the song about directionless youth and I think it's really vividly portrayed and that sound feeds into that and I think that's a theme that's explored in a lot of this album yeah that many key changes is usually kind of off-putting for me because it feels too disorganized but they really keep things together as a coherent song in this track I think across the whole album they're trying a lot of different ideas and going in different directions and it doesn't always work Um, And we'll point out some of those as we go through. But this next song, Dot X, I think um, there's a lot of variation that still works together as a song.
this track provides a nice contrast with the graduates and you know here there's plenty of harmonic variety but in that track i think it was key changes where it, we felt like we were completely heading out for parts unknown and it kept moving into new territory where I, we didn't even know where we were going and here it's chord changes but i feel like all of them are still kind of organized and anchored to some core truth to the song and so it doesn't have that feeling of unmoored but here it's almost the opposite effect of kind of a claustrophobia where we're wandering around but we're never escaping and i think it suits this kind of emo angst that pervades this song and just some of these lyrics feed into that you'll be cursed for a lifetime and then this bridge which is equating blood and love and death mm-hmm. yeah that also goes along with what we talked about at the beginning with a lot of the imagery being really menacing i also like the guitar in this song and it's worth mentioning that between their first and second albums speedy ortiz replaced their second guitars with devin mcknight and when we saw them at south by southwest this year we just happened to be right in front of where he was on the stage and he is just really talented and fun to watch and i have to think he's a big part of the reason that i think this album is a lot more interesting than their first one but part of why this is more interesting is because the band is just reaching a little bit farther and trying a lot more ideas out and i i mentioned earlier that that doesn't always work and i think an example of that is this next song pepper this band some credit maybe give them a bit of a pass for doing such a convincing knockoff of modern pop r&b sounds and then when i listen to the song i think it's better than the real thing it's i think more successful and just in my mind i have this picture of a pop singer going to some top big name producer and saying give me a scary rock beat and i think this is what she's she would want but I, i think it would be really tough to produce this and this band is really convincing with that scary rock beat and then she puts a really convincing and kind of pop vocal over it there's a reason that everybody who talks about this album points to all of the 90s influences and i remember reading a guardian review that said sadie dupuis used to play in an all-female pavement cover band called pavement and how that kind of explains everything you need to know about the band which i don't think is true by the way but I think it's funny that even when they try to go in a totally different direction, they're still rocking the 90s sound. 
And to me, this sounds exactly like a song by the band Garbage. Like, it would fit right in next to I Think I'm Paranoid, which is what it really reminded me of. But I don't mean that as an insult. I think that they're trying to show their range and experiment with some different sounds. And another song where they're clearly intentionally trying a different sound is the next track, Swell Content. You gotta put one in is really catchy musically even if it is maybe a little jarring change of pace coming right after puffer but I, I feel like this is kind of the point on the album around the midway point where i just start to wish that the lyrics were maybe a little less ambitious i start to get this poetry fatigue where the choruses don't even repeat it's always new lyrics and then these metaphors just keep piling up Yeah, and especially for someone like me where the lyrics are really important to keeping me interested in a song, when they're just too opaque, I start to lose interest. And to me, it's kind of a chicken move because it takes guts to kind of make yourself vulnerable and be clear about what you're trying to communicate, even if you're doing it in a way that uses metaphor and kind of takes some thought to get to the meaning. And in fact, as we're recording the podcast, we're in between two nights of seeing Slater Kinney at the Masonic here in San Francisco. And that's, you know, I was just thinking that that's a band who uses... The lyrics aren't obvious and they use a lot of metaphor and a lot of kind of oblique language. But if you sit with it and think through it, there is meaning there to be parsed. And I feel like this is, you know, I'm not saying there's no meaning to be parsed here, but maybe it's just too, it's too opaque that you're not going to get to it. And I think in a song like this, we've got a really catchy stroke style high guitar and I like the song and the melody, but without meaningful lyrics, there just isn't a lot to hold it together. Yeah, you just get the sense that there's meaning, but maybe you won't understand it until you go and get an MFA also. (laughs) And I'm not about to do that, sorry. But, uh, you know, this is a young band. They're just getting started. And and I think it is hard to find that sweet spot where you're interesting and evocative lyrically, but, you know, still being accessible. And, I you know, I'd say it's better starting out to err on the side of maybe being a little too opaque and not obvious and at least there's that hope of rewarding repeat listens ideally not with going to a master's program in the middle and i think it's better to have too many ideas and edit them down than to start with not enough ideas and so at least they're i think they're starting off on the right foot here and certainly you we're going to keep paying attention to them for that reason but i do think that too many ideas is kind of a problem i think it really on this next track it's just there's too much going on it's called zig <laughs>
another example of the lyrics just being too opaque for me. That you need both components at the very same time, now tighten the gear. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> but this is another song where it changes directions a bunch of times throughout. And while I think this isn't as, maybe as successful as the other tracks, I think that they're able to switch up the pacing while still keeping it part of a coherent whole. I also wanted to note that the drums are not that noticeable on this album, but in this song in particular, you really appreciate the drummer's work and being able to stop on a dime and change up the tempo in a way that doesn't feel abrupt. Yeah, I think across the board on this band that it's a pretty high level of virtuosity is required to even pull off these songs with these sorts of structural key and tempo changes. But for me, just this song collapses under the weight of its own ambition. I think there's at least four very different songs that are just kind of slammed together here and in fact kind of nested like uh, Russian dolls where the sort of the start and the end are the same and there's kind of burrowing into the center but then at the center there's this bridge where there's just no semblance of harmonic co- coherence at all and I talked about liking that on The Graduates and I think it worked on that song but here it just is kind of off-putting and I it didn't I don't know what effect they were going for, but it just, it didn't work for me. Speaking of off-putting, naming a song My Dead Girl is a bit off-putting and certainly a way to get attention, but I actually thought it was one of the standout tracks on this record, so we'll play that next. Pull the shades, make the cold, get the feds crawling through the lawn, I got smoke in my eyes. Backwater acid bath for riddles. Speaking of 90s influences, at least the beginning of this song really, I feel like, could have been sung by Laura Palmer, the dead girl from Twin Peaks. There's just this pervading sense of doom and nihilism, both, I think, lyrically and sonically. And see this, also this line about the the fashion doesn't even feel contemporary. Vest like a townie. And... Dude, are the kids wearing vests now? Am I just out of touch? That feels I, very 90s to me. I just assumed that was like an East Coast thing. <laughs> but you mentioned Twin Peaks, and there's actually an episode of Twin Peaks cut, titled Drive with a Dead Girl. I don't know if that was an intentional reference, but to me, the song also called to mind the L7 song, Pretending We're Dead. And of course, that song is a feminist anthem about being told that a woman's place is to sit down and shut up. And I think there's a lot of that defiance in this song as well, but it's more like it sounds like it's about the end of a relationship. And she seems like she's kind of mocking the person who wanted a partner who was willing to sit down and shut up. And there's even a line that I particularly liked that goes, stand in the bleachers from there you can watch me. And it's kind of a way of saying you don't want somebody who's performing and I'm not just going to pretend I'm dead. So why don't you just stand in the back and shut up and watch? Yeah, there is a nice inversion, I think, that happens in the song, whereas I felt like the beginning really had that kind of hopeless feel to it 
and the lyrics over the course of the song and the in the choruses i think lead the way where at the beginning it's a bad girl i'm not the driver and then it's i'm a dead girl i'm not the driver and then finally turning that on its head and like you're not the driver and that sense of like okay you're not in control anymore and you know that early darkness and gloom is actually something that's not hopeless but it's something that she's escaping here but if I think if we were hoping for some sort of catharsis that's consistent, like, hey, we're escaping, I just, the album, I think, doesn't offer that. And instead, we just get repeated visitations of this feeling of being trapped as we get in this next song, Mr. Difficult. drum work on this track i mentioned before that the drums don't really stand out too much but the drummer has got some really nice quiet fills here and they're subtle but this song kind of sums up my thoughts on the album as a whole which is that i like it and i like that they're experimenting with different sounds and they have a lot of ideas but i'd like to see them bring it all together a little bit more cohesively so i felt like it's more of a sonic statement and the lyrics again just feel like they're trying a little too hard and they're too opaque and i would love to see some more authenticity in their lyrics or a little bit a little bit less opaqueness yeah i i'm on board pretty much with your assessment i think this is an album that rewards repeat listening and that's a good start and just with some slightly more aggressive editing just pull them back a little bit they would really hit that sweet spot of ambitious and accessible they're just not quite there yet and also that the album as a whole i think i like the variety in sound but then the pacing is sort of i think there's a lot of very catchy up-tempo songs at the beginning of the album and then it kind of gets into a bit of a slog and really just burrowing into all the negative stuff with these bad relationships and uh kind of hopeless youth and addiction and it's just it's a rough way to end the album it's just a slog and it just it doesn't end you it doesn't leave me at the end saying like oh that was awesome even though an hour later i link back like oh that's a good album but yeah the fact that it starts so strong and catchy and just by the end it's ugh. <laughs> I, I actually really like the songs at the end here and i think it's well the pacing is well balanced throughout the album and i think you know maybe it is a little bit darker in thematically towards the end and in fact the last song is called dark world but i i didn't i didn't think it was a bad way to go out i i think it was consistent throughout and and i like the way they end and i like this last track so we'll go out with that we've been talking about the album foil deer by speedy ortiz and this has been for the record thanks for listening
to cross the oval with the sergeant brothers the cracks in the pumpkin moth stretch to divide the snow came was the first in a while Couldn't tell for sure if it was really real Like a doctor you need to Even when he's upon you I wash my hands Wash my hair too Stand in the way Who's got 